Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take Would you just shout if you know every giant's got to come down in your life? Look at somebody and say, neighbor, I'm a witness that when you praise, every giant has to come down. Won't you just praise God for just 15 seconds or something right there? Anybody ever had a giant that you thought was going to take you down? But just in the nick of time, God showed up and showed up. I dare you to just throw your head back one time and shout, Hallelujah! Glory to God. Well, we welcome those watching at all of our campuses today. We are excited that you're with us. We're in week two today of our series, Love God, Love People, and Love Life. And the series, Ask a Question, you're going to hear about 50, 11 times today. 50, 11, 50, 11. We are going to change the world. Are you in? Tell that to somebody. Look at somebody and tell them that. Say, we're going to change the world. The question to you is, are you in? Are you in? Hallelujah. If you'd stand with me at every campus and let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it, y'all. I am. Sure enough, that's a church right there. Flip to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. We're just going to look at a couple verses. We're going to look at a couple verses. This is Jesus' greatest lesson ever taught. And it's summed up in these very few verses. I know we live in a day where Christians want to be deep and sanctimonious, and I understand all that. That's, that's great. Uh, but at the end of the day, if we don't get the basics, who cares about how much Hebrew and Greek you know? So Jesus lines out. This, these couple of verses sum up all of Christianity. All of the books that you have in the Bible, which is the canon, all of that is summed up in these couple of verses. Look at verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law. He's talking about the Torah, first five books of the Bible. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God. Say it with me. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Just touch somebody and say, that means everything. That means love him with your pinky toe, love him with your big toe, love him, 
Love them at Subway. Love them at Quiznos. Love them at Jimmy John's. Y'all not saying nothing. Love them at Cheesecake Factory. Love them at Five Guys. Lo- love them in your, in, your, in your car. Love them in your job. Wherever you are, love them with everything you got. And now look there at verse 38. He said, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, what's the power of what this statement says? Hang all the law and the prophets. He, he was saying, on these two commandments lay the entire Old Testament. Because they were writing the New Testament at this point. They were the New Testament. In short, what they were saying is to love God, to love people, and to love life. Jesus said, if you get those three things down, you got everything. Father, we pray now that you would tailor make, customize this word for us, your people today, that we would move and walk in those areas and dimensions that you've ordained for us. I pray now, Father, that this word would be so customized that everybody under the sound of my voice, whatever campus they're at, they would hear the word and they would think that we had cameras in their house or, or that somebody was reading their thoughts because everything they came in here with questions about, hallelujah, they had answers today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seat, hug two or three people and say, let's love God. Let's love God. Hallelujah. You can be seated whatever campus you're at. This series asks a very clear question, and that is, we are going to change the world. Are you in? Now, how many folks you say, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Now, if you just want to be a looky-loo and a bystander, that's cool. Uh, but I think there's some people that say, I want my life to mean something when I leave this place. I, I don't want to leave this place, and the only thing that can be said about me is I left my children some debt. I don't want to leave this place that the only thing can be said about me is that I left my children a mess to fix. But when I leave this place, I want to stand in front of God and I want to see him smile and tell me, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter into my room. Any world changes in the place? I don't have to have a degree to change the world. I don't have to know all the Bible to change the world. Baby, if I understand how to love God and love me some people and love life, I can change the world. Touch your neighbor. Say, you're a world changer. You're a world changer. They didn't even know that when they walked in here. They thought they were just a sinner saved by somebody's grace. But they messed around and came to harvest and found out that they weren't a sinner anymore. Uh, but they are the righteousness of God. Now, 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 look at this. Look at this. This statement is perhaps one of the most powerful. These verses, I should say, are perhaps some of the most powerful that we ever see. Now, last week in part one of this series, we said that through this series, you're going to become an expert in the vision that God has given for us to complete. Because you cannot change anything unless you first have a vision. A vision is the end result. So if you're trying to change things even in your life and you don't have a vision of where it is you're going, the only thing you're doing is taking an extended trip on borrowed time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, 2,000 years ago, after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he spent 40 days with his apostles. And the scripture says in Acts chapter 1, he taught them the mysteries of the kingdom. And one of those last mysteries that was recorded was recorded in Matthew chapter 28. Flip there real quick. Matthew chapter 28. 
after he was resurrected and after he has now forgiven us for all of our sins, those sins we commit yesterday, the stuff that we would do today, and whatever we find ourselves in tomorrow, he began to teach the apostles, the leaders of the church at that time, he began to teach them mysteries. Say mysteries. Now, I don't know about you, but I love being like a detective. That, that's why shows like Law and Order and stuff like this are so popular today and CSI and all that because we like discovering stuff, especially stuff that we don't think other folk know because it makes us feel like we have an advantage. That's, that's why Paul said knowledge can puff one up. Now watch this. He taught them mysteries. Say mysteries. Uh, another word for mystery is an enigma. He taught them things that he was not able to say to everybody because everybody, while they may have been called, everybody didn't choose to be chosen. You didn't hear what I just said. Uh, he didn't say this to the multitudes because everybody in the multitude was there for what they could get. He waited until he came back and he only had his apostles around him because he could tell them the mysteries because he knew they would be able to handle it. Which means, watch this, uh, uh, many are called, few are chosen. What that means is it's not that God picks you and skips over the other, picks you because he likes your shoes, but then he don't like her dress, so he don't pick her, but then he likes your shoes. No, that's not what it means. What it means is many are called. That's everybody gets an opportunity to be a world changer. But now watch this. Everybody doesn't choose to be chosen. Because in order to be chosen, what I got to do is put myself in a place to where he can use me. Which means, God, what you want to do is far more important than what I'm trying to do. God, your vision for me is far greater than what I feel comfortable in. Is anybody here? So Matthew 28, this is one of the last enigmas or mysteries that the scripture records. Verse 19, he says, go therefore and make disciples or students of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded. And lo, or remember, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. Somebody say, Amen. amen. These uh, verses here are called the Great Commission. Say that with me, the Great Commission. Uh, notice it is not the Great Suggestion. It is not the Great If You Feel Like It. It's not the great, if you're an outgoing person, it is called the great commission. Now, now, now watch this. Uh, this is not only the great commission, it is the mission for our great church. Uh, when he says, go ye into all the nations for us, this means God wants us to be one church, say it with me, in global locations. The, the most effective tool is not some TV preacher. The most effective tool to evangelize the lost and to equip the believer is the local church. Touch your neighbor say, we the best thing on the market. We the best the best thing on the market and so we talked last week and announced that we're going to believe God and launch one new campus every year wherever he leads us which means we're not going to limit what God's doing here just to this place but wherever he opens a door baby we're going to walk through that door I'm here to tell you if Dubai opens a door, we're walking over to Dubai. If Abu Dhabi opens a door, we're walking over there. If Beijing, y'all not saying nothing. If Jacksonville's open a door, we're walking over there. If Dallas opens a door, we're walking over there. If Memphis opens a door, we're walking over there. Because wherever he leads us, we are going to follow his commission. And the church is the most effective way to do that. Say one church, global locations. 
we don't want to just say one church, many locations, because, because we believe God's called us to change the world. Well, many doesn't say world. Global is very clear about our intentions. Now watch this. The other part in Matthew 28, he said, to make disciples. Now what's a disciple? A student. Uh, in the word disciple, you could probably uh, intimate or see the word discipline. So a disciple really is a disciplined student. It is a devoted follower. Say disciple. Now, students follow the teachings and example uh, of their teacher. So Jesus told us not to go and to make attenders, not to go and just make members, not to go and make a consumer Christianity. No, he said, and go and make disciplined students. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, he says, go and make them. Uh, now, what, 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 watch this. Matthew 28 gives us the what? Go into all the world, make disciples. One church in global locations, make disciplined students. Matthew 22, what we read, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. That gives us the how. Are you still here? I love the Bible because God doesn't leave very many things for us to figure out. I love God because, you know, people used to say, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I need to make an announcement to you. That's the greatest lie ever perpetrated. God does not work in mysterious ways. He works in higher ways. You're, you're not here. So, so his ways are higher than your level of intellect. So God understands that you cannot solve a problem with the same level of intellect that created the problem. So God says, I'm not mysterious. I'm just better. I'm not keeping secrets from you. My ways are just better than your ways. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he gives us what to do, and then he tells us how to do it. Now watch this. We have 2020 or clear vision. And that means we say no to everything but the main thing. And for us, that's our mission to lead people who are people, students and kids and adults, to totally love God, love people, and love life. Say it with me as one church in global locations. Now I told you you're going to be an expert at this by the time we get through with this series. At Harvest, our vision is not just some mantra, not just some saying, not just some words that we own the copyright to. But at Harvest, our vision is our process, and it's how we make disciples. Are you still here? Now watch this. This is how we change the world. Okay, apparently y'all didn't hear what I said. That's okay. I understand. I understand. I understand. But what well, says, Bishop, how do we do it? We take the love train into every place he leads us. What's the love train? We take the simplicity of the gospel to every place he leads us. That's how we change the world. We're not waiting on some boom thing to happen and all of this. We're not waiting on CNN. Baby, we'll create our own. We're, we're not waiting on something to happen. We're going to take the love train. I wish somebody would say love train. We're going to take that love train wherever he leads us. So at Harvest, since our vision or our mission is our process, the love train is coming to a city near you. So now you see this every week at your campus about getting involved and what that means. So I want to make this so simple that if you're in King's Kids, you can't mess this up. I'm going to make this so simple 
that if learning just wasn't your thing, that's cool. You're going to be able to understand this. Touch your neighbor and say, you can't miss it. This is going to be so simple. You got to be just crazy to miss this. Now, I understand that's something crazy a pill can't fix. But I'm sure your neighbor don't have that kind of crazy. Touch your neighbor and say, I, I know you're good. 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 <laughs> Step one, what is it? Love God. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I hear some of you that have been Christians for a while saying, well, I know to do that. But you do it with a poor attitude. So you don't know how to do it because you don't do it right. Okay, so let me just go ahead and get all the Christians that's thinking this is a great message for a new believer. No, baby, it's for you. Because all of what you think you know, I'm here to tell you, if it don't show, you don't know. Study to show thyself approved. Not study to know a bunch of scriptures. Study so when people look at your life, they say, I see Jesus all over them. I see God all over them. I have to make no announcement. I'm the bishop. When I show up, it shook. Are you here? Step one, love God. Now, we say that that means this. First piece to that, attending worship experiences faithfully. That's putting first things first. It's amazing because sometimes people will become believers and they want to jump to the last step. They've been saved for 15 minutes talking about, now, where is the deacon's class? <laughs> Let me say for a couple of weeks, about the Lord called me to be a minister. But you're mean. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. First things first, attending worship experiences faithfully. Now, I wanted to make this so simple that I broke down what each word means for you. Attending. Are y'all ready? Attending. Now, now, watch this. People say, I go to church. I go to church. I go to church. You may be here physically, but is all of you here? Being attending worship experiences is, is not just showing up physically, but it's engaging all of you. See, the real you is not the one sitting in that seat. The real you is a spirit that nobody can see. It is a spirit that possesses or has a soul, mind, thoughts, will, and emotions that lives in a physical body. So now watch this. Am I engaging all of me or am I just sitting in here waiting until it's over so I can get credit from God? So I can say, I went to church this weekend, God. That's a point. Boop. God, I was nice today, Lord. That's a point. No, 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 no. When I'm coming to the worship experience, I'm bringing all of me. And I'm saying for the time I'm in here, guess what? I ain't got no burdens. I, I know that's not proper English, but I lay my burdens down. I give them to the Lord. While I'm in here, I'm focused on one thing and one thing only. And that's not about what so-and-so got on. That's not about what song they're singing. They're going to date even got to sing. Because when I walked into the house of the Lord, I had my own I came into this place expecting to hear from God and I brought all of me. My mind, my thoughts, my will, my emotions. That's your soul. I brought my body and my spirits here. All of me is here and all of me is engaging, which means right now, I'm going to catch your neighbor. Right, watch them. Watch their eyes right now. Because some of them are thinking about what they're going to eat after church. And they're trying to figure out how they can get out of here quickly so they miss the traffic in the parking lot. You're not attending. You're just filling a seat. And Jesus says, I need you to attend with what? All of you. Mark chapter 10, Jesus makes a powerful statement. He says, to receive the kingdom, you have to receive it like a child. 
Now that's powerful because most folk when they become adults never ever want you to ever reference anything about them being childless however uh, 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 plain or obvious it might be. Okay, you, you didn't hear what I said. Okay, okay, I can see. This is okay. All right, that's cool. It's written all over your face. You don't have to say a word. You, you ever told somebody, you're, you're, you know, they're acting like a child, and you ever told them that? And, and you might as well have told them that, you know, they got a nuclear bomb in the car or something? Because they don't want you telling them that anything about them is less than what they have concocted in their mind they are. Not you. You're real spiritual, but you know somebody like that. You know somebody like that. Now, check this out. Jesus says, unless you're like a child, you're not even going to be able to receive the kingdom. How do children receive things? They receive it with earnest expectation, even if there's no history saying that the expectation is going to be met. You could have told your child for seven days that you were going to get ice cream and never took them for one of those days. But every day they're going to have an expectation that the day might be the day. That's how Jesus says you got to receive the kingdom. God, I may have been having faith and it ain't worked yesterday and it didn't work the day before that and it didn't work last year. But today might be the day where my breakthrough comes. So I'm going to act like a child. I got an expectation. Today might be the day. Touch your neighbor say today might be the day. Which means when I show up to church, I show up with an expectation that whatever I'm in need of, I'm going to get that and more than that. Which means I cannot be a spectator. I got to be a participator. Because while you're sitting looking at what everybody else is doing, God is sitting there looking at you and saying, I'm going to take care of them. But if you don't attend and engage, I can't do nothing for you. Now watch this. Here's what that means. Here's what that means. Uh, that in attending... The next word is what? Worship. Say worship. If you come from the south, you might say a little different. It's, it's, you know, it's a little bit more O. Worship. Not worship. Worship. Almost like they're saying worship. <laughs> worship. There it is right there. Now watch this. Say worship. <laughs> now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Worship is connecting with God. You cannot have any kind of real relationship with somebody that you don't connect with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If there's no connection, there's no relationship. That, that's just a sharing of a mutual space. I just said something right there. There has to be connection. Say connection. So then worship happens like this. One of the ways we worship is that through our giving of our tithes, our offerings, and our first fruits. That's worship because worship comes from the uh, old English or Anglo-Saxon rather word, worthship. It means to give something according to its worth. Watch this. Not according to what I feel like, but according to what it's worth. Because there may be days where there's a lot of burdens and you say, God, I, I don't feel like lifting my hands. I don't feel like opening my mouth. And I know they're singing about giants, but God, I'm looking at one right in front of me. But worship says, I press past all of that because you're worth more than I feel like. That's worship or worship. Got it? Then praise and worship is worship. Which means, watch this, connecting with God. Can I tell you something? The only parts of the experience God gets anything out of are these two things. Your giving and the praise and worship. He's not getting nothing out of the message. He is the word. 
He knows his word. Any idea or, 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 or concept that I extract and expostulate from the gospel is from him. So he's not sitting in heaven. To be like, that's good, Bishop. You better preach, man. Oh, that's good. You hear that, Michael? You hear what he said? God, dog, that's good. Give me the DVD. He is the word. He knows the word. This is for you. Those two things are the only thing he gets out of the experience. Everything else is done for you. Got it? So I can't just be here. I have to attend, engage all of me, worship through my giving and through the praise and worship, which means stop trying to time when I'm going to be up to preach. Because everything before that is what prepares you to receive this. And if you're sitting there doing the worship, looking around at everybody else, I'm here to tell you there's nothing wrong with everybody else. You just need to check with what's going on with you. Okay, I, I don't hear nobody saying nothing. So since you're not saying nothing, I'm going to press a little further. Uh, please understand uh, that now you may not be a very extroverted person. You may not be a very extroverted uh, person. Uh, but I find it interesting when people are very quiet and high-minded and uh, bourgeois when it comes to praise and worship. Because if we got that same person on candid camera at the Bronco game, it'd be a totally different situation. They wouldn't be looking at, but there's person, this person next to me is just so loud. Can you please calm down? No, because you're there and you got excitement that somebody going to throw some kind of pass that's going to do something. Even if they don't have a current record that suggests anything good is going to happen, you got expectation. Touch somebody say expectation. Which means even if you're not a loud, exuberant person, don't you be looking at people that are like something is wrong with them. If you knew what they'd been through, you know why they're praising and worshiping the way that they are. So maybe that's not you. That's fine. You do you right where you're at. So if you are a one hand raiser, raise your one hand faithfully. Some ought to be moving. I don't believe you'd go to the Bronco game and just sit there and criticize them. Would y'all stop that waving stuff? Y'all are just distracting my spirit. I can't receive. You are a lie and the truth's not in you. You'd be up on your feet hollering and shouting. If you were at the Nuggets game, you'd be hollering and shouting. So why is it when it comes to God, he... Are we still standing? We're not going to let us sit down. you treat the Broncos better than you treat the God that woke you up this morning and started you on your way and put food on your table. He's worth more than that. And I'm not saying you got to be exuberant as the person next to you, but you got to do something. Something. Tap your toe. You better be the meanest toe tapper up in here. You better, you better do something because he's worth more than your silence because you don't want to be embarrassed. All the issues you got to deal with, I, I ain't no way I'd be studying who's sitting next to me. Lord, I, I ain't got time to be looking cute for you. I got too much stuff I got to deal with. I, 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 if you don't like me being loud, baby, you better go sit over there in the quiet section. Ain't no quiet section. Go to the video cafe at your campus. Ain't no video cafe at your campus. Watch it in the foyer. Well, they're going to pull you back in. Though. You can stay out there in the foyer. They're going to pull you back in. Are you here? 
Now, now, now watch this. Worship is connecting with God. But then say the next word, attending worship, what? Experiences. Now, most churches call this a service. Uh, we don't do that. We call them experiences. Uh, why? Because I like that phrase. But it better articulates what we're doing more than a service. See, a service is, good morning, church. Everyone stand. It is time for us to sing the hymn of the Lord today. Hymn number 150. Are you ready? Nothing against that. Nothing against that. But that's an order of service. We don't need another service. We need an experience. Why? Because you remember experiences. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so what are we experiencing at the experience? Real simple. You're experiencing prayer. It amazes me how many Christians uh, will, will all of a sudden get very shy about needing prayer. Well, I'm saved now, so I can't go down for prayer. That's foolish. And you know why people do that? Because they don't want nobody to know they need prayer. Well, I don't want to look like I'm less of a believer because I'm down there getting prayer. No, I'm strong. I, I can pray right here from my seat. But the problem is why some things aren't happening in your life the way you want to is because you're ignoring the principle of agreement. Matthew 18, 19 says, Were any two of you touch agreeing on what? Anything. It shall be done for you. No, 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 no. Watch this. Watch this. And the experience, I have an opportunity to get agreement with somebody. So that whatever it is I'm facing, I have assurance from, not Bishop, but from God's word himself that it's got to happen for me. Which means if you need prayer, don't you be sitting in your seat trying to be sanctimonious. You want to run down and get to the nearest prayer partner because it's there for you. But then you're experiencing, you're also experiencing a life-changing and a life-giving word. Now, there's a difference between the two. A life-giving word is something you can put into practice right away. A life-changing word are principles that will change you over time. Life-giving word, you can put into practice right away. Life-changing word, you put into practice, and it changes you over time. Uh, this is so important because uh, most, most people don't understand the value of the word of God. And so, uh, watch this, I'm not being critical, but so... So, so maybe they don't take notes, but then they don't even get the CD or the DVD. And so they're trying to remember throughout the week what they were taught. But the studies tell us that by the time you walk out the door, you're only going to remember 30%. And I found a new study that said by the time you hit your car door, you only retain 10%. Because in the time you were interacting with other people, you forgot some of the stuff. Now, Bishop, what are you trying to say? You are experiencing not some microwaved, high-carbohydrate, low-protein kind of word. You're receiving word that if you apply it, I'm here to tell you, it will change everything in you and about you and around you. Say that's part of the experience. Now watch this, watch this. But the third thing that's part of this experience is you're experiencing fellowship. 
you're experiencing fellowship. Now, fellowship uh, is important because I understand we live in a region that is very, um, um, hmm, non-fellowshipping. <laughs> How many people, you, you are not originally from this region? You're originally from somewhere else. You're originally from somewhere else. Mm-hmm, I knew it. See? Now, 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 watch this. Now, how many people you are from here? Amen. Praise God. Nobody's perfect. Praise God. Now, I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't send me no email. Because I'll respond. Me. <laughs> okay. Now, now, watch this. I'm joking. But how many people would you agree that Denver and this region is perhaps a little uh, antisocial? You say good morning to somebody, they look at you like you just cussed them out. You go on your job and try to be warm and friendly and bring the joy of the Lord on your job and people, mm. you're like, well, what does that mean? Is that high or you're tired or something? You, 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 you walk down, uh, you walk in the mall or you walk, to say somebody and you say, hey, how you doing? You know, they're like, what are you doing talking to me? I don't know you. Where I come from, everybody talked to one another and you greeted one another and you didn't have to know who they were. You'd have a full conversation, not even know their name. Y'all be sitting waiting in the line to do the same thing, and you got a full conversation. You know where they work. You know what church they go to. You know everything. And at the end, you're now what's your name? Now, 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 watch this. Watch this. Bishop, why are you saying this? Because it is so important for us to understand that that's not the heart of God. God created you to need fellowship with other people. I did not say uh, being antisocial. I said being anti-fellowshipping or non-fellowshipping. Because some people think to be able to connect with people, they got to tell all their life. That's not what that means. So they show up, and, and in five minutes, you know everything about them. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. You know, when I was five, you know, and ever since then, i just been, <laughs> like, I didn't ask you all that. But watch this. Fellowshipping means... I connect with people. Watch this. And it can be something as simple as giving somebody a compliment. Good morning. I'm so glad to see you this morning. Man, I really like your jacket. Man, I really like your shoes. Where do you get them shoes? My God, those shoes are cold-blooded. Cold-blooded is a southern colloquialism, which means very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, uh, That's where you start with fellowship. It's amazing to me because people will... Come late and be the first to run out of the run out of the auditorium. They'll be the first to do that, and then they'll be the first to say, "Well, them people don't love me." You didn't give anybody an opportunity to. And then when we're, because you know we're hugging church, or handshaking church, we don't force you to hug. And then those will be the same people that stand right there in their seat, and wait on somebody to come to them. As if they are, you know, Prince of Egypt. You know, like Vera Hakim. Or King Joffrey Jafar. <laughs> I am waiting on someone to come greet me. You know, what, <laughs> what, are you, what, you, what you doing? What you doing? What, what you doing? Watch this. The Bible gives a very powerful principle. You ready? This is so deep, you better take out your Hebrew Greek dictionary. It says, he who is friendly has friends. My God in heaven. Friends in Hebrew means friends. Friendly in Hebrew means friendly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So you get the opportunity to connect with one another. Don't forsake that opportunity. And during your connection, don't turn your connection into a gossip connection. But we're going to talk about that on, 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 on next week. But now watch this. Attending worship experiences. What's the last word in that phrase? Faithfully. Now, now watch this. If you feel like you have no faith, check your faithfulness. You can only have faith to the degree that you are faithful. What is faithful? Consistent. See, I love God because he never asks us to be perfect. He, he, there's a scripture that says, be ye perfect or for your father in heaven is perfect. But he's not saying perfection in the literal sense. He's saying be whole because your father in heaven is whole. And then he goes to explain how you can be that way. He says it's done through love. He doesn't expect you to be 100% perfect. He expects you to be faithful. Say faithful. Attending worship experiences is part of putting God first. Now, depending on your campus, maybe you attend on a Saturday evening or a Sunday morning or midweek or whatever the situation is. But here's the thing. Uh, what we are saying is, God, we are putting you first. So much so that you get the first part of the first day of the week. It's all yours. And if the first fruit is right, then the rest is right. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 now watch this. Being faithful causes you to become a better you. You're not going to have this, this boom, life-changing thing, and in one experience, it's going to be done. I was, I was saying in another experience that, um, you know, part of my prayers have been that when I work out, that God would take that one day of working out and then just let it go through the rest of the year and let me see. Now, I've been praying for that. Don't you judge my prayer. But God often supports. Except foolishness. Okay, so watch this. So, so, so here's the thing. You don't go to the gym once and expect to look like the cover of the magazine. You know? You don't do that. Now, you, you, you may do that in, in the falsest sense of consciousness. To where you go to the gym, you've been in the gym 45 minutes, and you go home, and you're like. <laughs> but the truth is, one time is not going to make it happen. It's going to take repeated what? Faithfulness so you can see the results you want. Let me say it another way. God cannot change you with one night stands. He has to change you through faithful relationship. God can't do nothing, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. He needs a, y'all not saying that, but you understood what I meant. You're laughing, but you got the point. It has to happen through relationship. And attending worship experiences faithfully helps build that relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now watch this. After you attend worship experiences faithfully, we're still in the love of God. What's the second thing? Join as a member. Join as a member. Now, you can do that at the Welcome Center, uh, uh, whatever campus you attend. But you need a church home. You need a church home. You, you, you need that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, Now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Which means for all of you who think you chose harvest, I got to make an announcement to you. He chose you. Isn't that something? God says, don't ever think that you chose me. He says, I chose you. And I could have used anybody. Let, let me help you keep yourself humble always, every day. If God says, I can use a donkey. 
don't, don't put yourself higher than you ought to put yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 now watch this. This is important because the God desires for you to be a part of a local church. Now, now the question uh, that, that comes up, and, and there's all kinds of things, and I won't get into that, but one of the questions that comes up is, Bishop, how do I know? My kids really like this. And, my, and everything is a reason but what should be the reason. A church home is all about the voice of your shepherd. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God assigned a shepherd to your life. What is shepherd? It's just another word for pastor. He assigned that to you. And watch this. It doesn't matter who you try to run to, what try to bandwagon you try to jump on, what kind of conventions and preachers and preacherettes you try to run after. You will not get the same results in your life from that when you are submitted to your shepherd. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, now watch this. You know harvest is your home because of the voice of the shepherd. You may not be able to articulate it. You may not be able to explain it. But when the word of God comes out of my mouth, something happens in you. You, you may not know to call it your spirit. It might just be goosebumps or something. You just, I don't know. I just feel the Lord. It's goosebumps or something. You may not know what to call it, but you know that you know when you know that you know. And watch this. I wouldn't let nobody or no situation or no drama or no issue separate me from the shepherd God has ordained for my life. Because I'm here to tell you that voice will often be imitated. But baby, it will never be duplicated. Let nothing separates you from your shepherd sheep 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 uh, naturally do not see well that's why the scripture says my sheep know my voice because sheep don't have the ability to see where they're going they have to hear their shepherd to know where they're at you missed what i just said they don't have an ability to say i'm at this stage in my journey across the pasture they have to depend on the voice of the shepherd to know where they're at. Watch this. And to understand that where they're at is temporary. And that even if they find themselves in a midst of trouble right now, they can still hear the voice of their shepherd when they're dealing with the trouble. That's why sometimes in the middle of the week you'll be going through a situation and you'll remember one line out of the message and that one line will get you through. I'm not talking to anybody in here. That one line will get you through the week. Somebody will mess with you on your job and you'll want to just really let them know where to get off. But it'll be one word from your shepherd that will lead you through the valley. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, we call that, the nomenclature we call that is joining the church, becoming a member of the church. I mean, now, here's the truth. That's not enough. Uh, if, if I was back home, I'd say, that ain't no enough. T -t Touch your neighbor. Speak to them in country real quick. Speak to them in country. Say, that ain't no enough. It is not enough to be a member. Watch this. Because we join lots of things. But that does not mean we are an active participant in the fulfillment and the fruition of the thing we've joined. Let me, let me give you a perfect example. Let me give you a perfect example. You went and got that $60 a month membership at 24-hour fitness. Because you told yourself they got a swimming pool. They, you know, it's open 24 hours. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to do that. And you've been what? 
I'm not talking about you. You're spiritual. But your neighbor. I'm joking. I'm using this to, to point an analogy. We can join lots of things. But that doesn't mean that we're an active participant in what's happening. God does not just need you to be a seat filler. He, he, he needs you to take what you're getting in that seat and then go out and change somebody's life. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, now watch this. So then the third thing in this process of loving God is this. It's completing kingdom life university. Now, now, or KLU as we call it. Now, you say, well, Bishop, what is, what is KLU? Is that just new members class? It is not some lame new members class where the deacons get up and moan at you for 20 minutes and then talk about the history of the church. It's not that. Anybody been through KLU, you can testify. It's not that. Okay, okay, get in. Watch this. Now, check this out. Check this out. The kingdom life. Most Christians have, have this view of life, that they are living so they can die, so they can go to heaven. And they, they can't wait to die so they can go to heaven. And whenever they go through trouble, they say stuff like this. Well, that's all right, because one day it won't be no more tears. In the sweet by and by, in that sweet Beulah land, Jesus never, ever promises you that. He promises you this phrase, the kingdom of heaven heaven is a place the kingdom of heaven is a lifestyle <laughs> okay so bishop what does that mean i'm not trying to die so i can go over there what i'm supposed to do is get a revelation that i'm supposed to bring over there down here Bishop, what does that mean? Angels coming down? No, 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 no. It means that in my everyday life, I see heaven's attributes all around me. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. It just means when something that's not right comes in, it recognizes it's got to go because it doesn't line up with heaven's attributes for my life. So I'm not trying to die so I can get to heaven. I'm trying to live so I can bring heaven down here. That's what Jesus taught. That's what he taught. He, he taught the kingdom of heaven. And then he makes powerful statements like the kingdom of heaven. It's what you bind and what you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. He makes these powerful, powerful statements. And these statements articulate that he wants us to have a kingdom life. Not a church life. A kingdom life. Bishop, what is the difference? What is the difference? A kingdom life recognizes, and we'll get into this later, that there are seven spheres to society that we're supposed to impact and change. What are they? Come on. Arts and entertainment. Everybody always gets that one right. Business, education, family, government, media, spirituality. That's the church. That's the church. Church is part of the kingdom, but it is not the totality of the kingdom. That's a whole other teaching. We'll get into that. You'll learn all about that. Kingdom Life University equips you to see heaven's attributes in your life. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to go from drama to drama. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to go from mess to mess. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to have no more baby mama drama and baby daddy drama and cousin and them drama and ain't dirt you drama or whatever. You don't have to live your life in perpetual drama. The kingdom life is when you say, things may happen to me, but they don't have me. After you join, God desires for you to be rooted in a church. Joining and being rooted are two different things. 
You understand? We've established that. Psalm 92.13 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Which means if your life isn't flourishing, maybe it's because you're not planted. And planted is not simply a statement of affirmation. It is a lifestyle of activity. What is flourishing? It is where my life exceeds my expectations. Anybody want that kind of life? Where your life exceeds your... Anybody got that kind of life? Well, I know that's got to be some kingdom folk that got the word. Uh, well, my life exceeds my expectations. I walked in expecting one thing, but God is so good to me, and I'm so favored by him that it exceeded what my expectation was. I should have been messed up, should have been dead, should have been gone, but he, my life is exceeding my expectation. That's the kingdom life. That's the kingdom life. Now, no, no, no. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. KLU is going to teach you how to have flourishing finances, how to break generational curses, how God wants to use you to help change the world. You're going to learn about your gifts. You're going to learn why you are the way you are. You're going to learn how you're wired so you stop trying to be something that you're not because you don't have the internal wiring to be that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what KLU will do, and that is so important because when you get that, you will get planted. And when you get planted, what does God's word say? You will begin to flourish. Your life will exceed your expectations. If you know harvest is where you're supposed to be, be at the next KLU. Let me give you details. Check your communique for details and be at the next session. But now if you're still on the fence, that's cool. No pressure. No pressure. I'm not a used car salesman. I'm not going to smell you some snake oil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, 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 no. That's cool. While we change the world, you just let us know when you're ready to change the world with us. Because we are going to change the world. I don't have nobody that agrees with me. We are going to change not just this region. I'm not satisfied with just one church in one city. We are going to change the world. The question is, are you in? Stand on your feet. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.